And so in your daily life, I would ask you to begin to look at these things in the world that have been placed upon us by our parents, by our family, by society as a whole, and oftentimes by the religions that we have been raised in or that we have chosen into. And look and see that these rules, these laws, these regulations are truly man-made, mind-made, this creation made. And they work well in this creation. And they serve the mind well in this creation. But they also create a trap by which the soul can be held in bondage here. They truly become the walls of the prison that hold us in bondage. And even when we look out the windows to look and see what's beyond that prison, what's beyond this creation, what's beyond these rules and regulations, and we see the greater light, the greater beauty, there is this part of us that will turn away from that, feeling unworthy, unacceptable, to be able to move into that place. What I would invite you to do is to begin to look and see in your daily life, when you get up in the morning, when you move throughout the morning, when you move throughout the day, when you close the day down and begin to go to bed, look and see what belief systems, what rules, what regulations, what laws keep rising up inside of you that keep holding you from moving forward, that keep holding you in bondage rather than allowing you to move into greater freedom, and ultimately into spiritual liberation. And sometimes they are very bold. They're right out there in our face all the time. Like driving down the street, and all of a sudden you come to a red light. You know what that red light means. You know it means to stop. And when it changes to green, you know now you can go. That's a very bold statement. And that's a law that you have learned to live by. It's a law that works for you. You know that if you go through that red light, chances are you're going to get in an accident. So there's this part of you that goes, okay, so they have set up these laws, these ways by which to live behind the wheel. And if I live by these laws, I'm going to be safer than if I don't. So I'll live by these laws. And that's fine. But there are some laws in the world that have been placed upon us that really truly create more limitation, frustration, separation in us than serve us. And so begin to look and see all the rules, all the laws that you live by in your daily life. Look at the street laws. Look, the, look at the physical laws that you live by. And look at the moral codes, the moral laws that you live by in your daily life and how you measure yourself by how you live all of these. And begin to see what truly is true for you, what works for you, what serves you. And look to see what there might be that you could let go of and choose more to be in the loving, more to be in the caring, more to be in the forgiving and the accepting in the spiritual action of the soul rather than caught up so much in the mind. This last week, I was walking with a woman on the inner levels. And as we were walking, 
she was talking and talking and talking and talking. And I wanted to share with her to be quiet, to be listening to those inner sounds, to be looking to that inner light, to be witnessing the place that she was in as we were walking on this inner journey of spirit. And all she was doing was talking. And finally she asked a question and she paused for a moment for me to answer it. And I thought in that very split second, here's my opportunity to bring her to quiet to bring her to pay attention to what's really going on. And she stopped for a moment after asking the question, and she said, oh, that's all right. I know the answer to that. And she answered it, and we went on. That's how often we do our lives. We're ever so busy with the mind, chattering, chattering, chattering. And oftentimes, we have gotten to that place inside of us that we do not even know how noisy it is inside, how distracting it is from the truth inside, this mind that ever is going. And even in our meditation, we might often find that as we're sitting there and we're chanting the name of God or we're looking up to find the inner light or we're holding to be in the loving with God, that the mind is ever a distraction, calling us away from the inner experience. One thing that I know is that the mind will not shut up. The mind will ever be doing what the mind knows to do. And that is to investigate, to question, to doubt, to fear, and ever keep talking about it, whatever it is that it's in in that moment, whatever state it's in, whatever it's holding its attention on. But I also have learned something very profound that eventually I was able to share with this woman as we were walking along this inner path. And it happened as we were walking along, we came up to this small pond of water on one of the realms inside that we were walking along. And I just stopped. I stopped. I stopped with her. We stopped walking. And I just started looking at this pond. And on this pond was this swan swimming along very quietly, very, very peacefully. And I just watched the swan and I stopped listening to her talk. And after a while, she said, are you listening to me? Did you hear what I have to say? I mean, it's very important what I'm telling you here. And I just kept looking at the swan, watching the swan, focusing on peace, peace outside as I was watching it in the outer realms and peace inside myself. And finally she said to me, well, what, are you, what are you doing? What are you listening to? What are you looking at? And she finally stopped and she looked and she just kept talking, but she was watching the swan. But her voice started getting quieter and quieter and quieter as she focused on the swan rather than on her mind. And all of a sudden she stopped talking. And she and I in that moment were at one and just focusing on the peace that was present there. And we focused on that for some time until the mind started catching her attention once again and she started talking. And I just kept focusing on the swan and eventually she started going back into the quiet and held her attention on the peace that was there 
as the swan gracefully moved back and forth along this pond. And finally she turned to me and she says, Oh, I get it. There's something beyond all these words, isn't there? And I said, Yes. So how did you get here? And she said, I don't know. Other than I went for a walk with you. We walked along all these beautiful places. I saw a few things, but I didn't give it much attention until finally you made me hold my attention on something. And I said, that's the key. That's the key to all this. The mind will never shut up. The world will never go away while we are physically embodied here. But we can hold our attention on something other than the mind and other than this creation and find something other than what exists here. And that is the truth of our own soul, the movement of divine loving, and that great peace that resides in all that. And she said to me, she said, so can I do this by myself? And I said, you just did it by yourself. I said, you did it. You chose to pay attention. You chose to hold your focus beyond all the words that you kept putting forward. You brought yourself to this place of peace. I didn't do it. I just was walking with you, holding that you would find the peace for yourself. Being present with you that you might begin to see something other than just the mind at work. Then I was with a man. This was in the dream state, not in the meditation. And in the dream state, this man was trying to make his way through his daily life. But everywhere we went in the dream state, there were rules by which she had to live, a certain facade that, she, that he had to present to those that he was with in this particular setting. For his parents, he had a certain facade or rules by which he had to live by and present to them. To those at work, he had a different facade and a different set of rules and regulations that he lived by. At home with his wife and his children, he had yet another. And in all this, he had lost sight of who he truly is as a loving spiritual being. And he was ever living in all these rules and all these regulations. And they were separating him from his truth. And so as I was walking with him in his dream state, he got very irritated with me because as we would walk through one particular experience at his job and he kept presenting these rules by which he was fulfilling this facade by which he was presenting to them, I would remind him, I would say, so where is your loving in this? Where is your truth in how you're doing this with them? And he would just ignore me at first. We got over to his home and he was talking with his wife and his wife and him were sharing together and they were these two facades sharing with each other. And they were happy in that. There was a relationship there and they had found a way to make it work with these rules, with these regulations, with this way of being and in a sense with this phony relationship 
that they had working. And then his three-year-old daughter walked in and came running up and grabbed his leg and wanting him to play and wanting him to hug her. And when he reached down for that one minute as he hugged her and began to play with her, I felt all that which had caused him separation from his truth to fall away, and I saw him slip into this playful, childlike, loving quality that is the true essence of soul within each of us. And I said to him, play, play more, play often, be with her all the time if you have to, do this. And he looked up at me and he said, this is the only place in my life right now that I have my happiness. And then his teenage son walked in and his teenage son went over and started making a sandwich and it just ignored his father totally. And he said, when my son was this age, I enjoyed this same sense of loving, of joy, of playfulness. And this is where I could be true with him. Now it's with my daughter. I think this is why we keep having children. I keep wanting to have more children because I know that the, this one's going to grow up and I've got to get another one here so I can have something of a sense of my own truth. And then he got a call. And it was his mother calling. And his mother and father wanted him to come over and to be with them for a while, to share with them. And immediately a different essence about him came forward and off he went. And so as we were in the dream state driving over to be with his parents, he turned to me and he said, I get what you were telling me at work. You want me to be like that little child that I was when I was playing with my daughter, right? And I said, yes. And he says, I can't. I can't do that. Don't you know I have all these rules that I have to live by. I know these rules. And I know which rules go where. And if I start living that simple childlike quality and not living the rules, I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to lose my marriage. My parents won't love and respect me anymore and care about me. And my life will fall apart. I can't be what you want me to be. And I said, what if you could be what I want you to be and what you truly want to be and still be in all that as well and have it all work? He says, it's impossible. He said, I can't even take the rules that I live in at work, home, and expect myself to survive there. I can't take the rules of my family life that I have with my wife home to my wife, to my mother and father and expect it to work there. How do you expect me to do what you want me to do? I said, just begin to share your loving with everyone you come in contact with and be quiet and listen to what they have to say and speak to the truth that you hear in their words and you'll find the way to do it. So in the dream state, time moved very quickly. We went from one situation to another again and again until finally he began to see how he could begin to live this for himself. 
until we finally came to a place where he was beginning to live it over and over again. This sense of listening and sharing the truth that he was hearing and connecting to the loving with each individual rather than living the rules that they were expecting him to live by. And his life was becoming peaceful and joyful and people were wanting him to be around because of this. And in just a short span of a few minutes in a dream state, he learned a great lesson about unfolding to the truth within. Now, whether he's living that today, I do not know. But the opportunity is there for him. What I would like for you to do is to consciously pay attention to what are the rules, the laws, the regulations that have been set down for you. How do they limit you? How do they serve you? How do you serve them? And how does in serving, do they really serve you or limit you? And begin to make some new choices for yourself so that you begin to free yourself up to live the truth of who you really are in a conscious daily living experience. Not just in the meditative state, but every moment of every day. If you look inside of you, I'm sure you're going to be able to find very quickly some moral laws that have been set down by the religious societies of this world that rub up against you, that push up against you, that do not really fit the truth of who you are. And yet, there's this part of you that feels as though if I don't live up to that, I'm not going to get to heaven. I'm not going to be worthy of God's loving. Realize that for the most part, all laws, whether it be laws of society or religious laws, have been man-made. And when they were created in that time, they served someone somewhere. And that's why they were created. A very good example of that are the Jewish laws that have to do with diet. This is just a very clear example of something by which a law is set. And at first it serves us very well, but after a while it can actually become a limitation and hold us back from movement forward in our lives. During the tribal times with Moses, as they were wandering through the desert and they had animals with them and they were doing all they could to survive, they had to pay close attention to what was good and what wasn't good to eat. And in those days, pork often carried trichinosis. And if it wasn't cooked properly, if it wasn't slaughtered and drained properly, if it wasn't handled properly throughout its processing and cooking and eating, it was very likely someone was going to get sick and die. And so Moses created a law. Now, if Moses had just said, I'm telling you don't eat that pig, because if you eat it, you're going to get sick and die. Most likely, Many of the people in the tribe, if not all of them, would look, oh, come on, we're hungry. We're going to kill the pig and we're going to eat it. We don't care what you have to say. We'll take a chance. 
But if Moses said, and God says, do not eat that pig because you will die. They went, ooh, God said it. God gave us a law. We can't eat pork anymore. Okay, so new law, God law, we don't eat pork. And it was for a good reason that that law was given. But today, pork is handled very differently. The way it's fed, the way it's kept, the way it's slaughtered, the way we are told to prepare it, to where it is a healthy meat in comparison to what it was 5,000, 3,000, 2,000, even 300 years ago. So, when you have a pork chop, when you have sausage in the morning, or bacon, are you breaking God's law and having pig, having pork? And is that law going to keep you from getting to heaven? Or have you said, oh, that law doesn't count. I don't have to live by that law, even though I know it's there. Even though I can look it up in the Torah, I can look it up in the books of the Bible, I can read it, I can see it. I don't have to live by that law anymore. Well, why not? Is there something inside of you that says that law was for them and not now? Or that law was for them but not me? What allows you to free yourself of that rule, of that law, of that regulation, so that you can live your life freely and make choices? That's what I'm asking you to do in all these things of your life. Because we live often very unconsciously by certain rules, regulations, laws, society has given us. Not ever questioning, not ever doubting, even pulling up to a red light. How often have you ever looked at it and gone, you know, I'm really making a choice here. This is my choice. I'm choosing to stop at this red light for my safety, for my well-being. And I know that this law serves me well. It's good to realize why you do what you do, why you choose to do what you do, or why you don't do certain things, and make conscious decisions in all this. Then you're going to begin to find your life to become simpler, at ease, at peace. And even the mind will quiet down to some little extent. Because you will go in there and say, you know, that principle worked for my mother, but it doesn't work for me. Yes, worrying all the time worked for her, and she laid down the law of how to worry so that I would get what I wanted. But I realized that I can get what I want without having to do the law of worry. I don't have to do that. So, Mom, thank you for teaching me this rule. Thank you for teaching me how, how to live this principle but I don't have to do it. I, this isn't who I am. I'm not doing it that way. But I love you for it, and I thank you for it. And you were a good teacher, and I learned it well, and now I know what works for me. And that's where you taught me so well, is to look and find what works for me. And then just dismiss it. And every time it rises back up, just say, thanks, Mom. I'm not doing worry anymore. I'm doing this. And that's the other key to this process. 
Don't just dismiss something and say, well, I'm not going to do that anymore, or that's wrong, or that's not me. You also find something to replace it with that is your truth now. This new principle by which you live, not a law, not a rule, but a principle by which you're going to live. Just like with any addiction, it's easier to finish one addiction if you have a new addiction to go to. If you're trying to give up cigarettes, oftentimes you'll end up picking up an addiction called caffeine or sugar. We'll just switch our focus of addiction. The animal nature is very addictive, and it's ever looking for things to be addicted to. So it has comfort, it has support, it has routine. So in this process of changing your laws, changing your rules, letting go of these things that no longer work for you, also put in place those things that do. And the three things that I truly know that can work in all of this is the loving, accepting, and forgiving. And also the other principle that I often have found works very well for me is to look and say, Am I now in action or reaction? And I am choosing into action. And now what action is there for me to do? It's ever find a way to choose an action, an energy movement that will support you into a greater knowing of your own truth, which is loving, which is divine, which is spirit, which is soul, which is you. The one thing that I've become very aware of this week as well. We often talk about initiation, receiving initiation, getting the name of God anchored in us consciously so that it can now come alive in us, live in us, and we live in it and rise up into the higher frequency of the divine river of loving that allows the soul to journey back home into the very heart of God consciously even while we're in the physical form, to know that, to live that, to be that which we truly are, the divine, living, loving essence of the Lord. And as I was witnessing in my meditations this week and in the dream state, there was one thing that came very clear that I want to share with everyone. And that is that at the very moment that your soul came into being, God placed that life force in the center of the soul that gives soul life and expression, that loving essence that is God. And in the very center of that loving essence is the seed of the Holy Spirit, that grace, that divine element that is ever calling the soul home to God. Even as we journeyed out into creation to have experience, as God directed the soul to do, God also gave us the means by which to return home to God when our journey is complete. And the soul has within it that seed of grace that is the Holy Spirit that is ever reminding the essence of soul, you are divine, you are loving, you are creative, you are joyful, you are peaceful, you are of God, 
You and God are one. Come home to God. Come home. Whatever you do, keep looking inside. Whatever you do, look towards God first. Whatever you do, live who you really are. Soul, spirit, divine, loving, God. So what is the difference between that, that is the grace, that is in the very center of our beingness, calling us home, and the action of initiation? The action of initiation is a process by which we now are given the conscious tools by which to wake up and to hear and to see that which is the grace of God that resides in the very center of the soul. We are given the conscious means by which to wake up and know it to be true for ourselves. We are given consciously those names of God that we can hold our attention on. Just as I held my attention upon that swan in the pond, hoping that this woman would get quiet and hold her attention upon that too and find the peace that was there. These names are the very same thing. They give us something of a peaceful place that we can hold our attention on to begin to rise above the mind, to begin to move into the truth of who we really are as peace, as joy, as loving, as divine. So receiving those names consciously is a tool by which we now can begin to journey in a different way, consciously rather than unconsciously. And it also gives us a choice. Now we have a choice. Am I going to live the world the way I've always lived it? Am I going to do it the way I've always done it? Or am I going to do it different? Am I going to now choose to live from the divine loving essence inside of me first? Am I going to choose to live above the mind and the laws of this world and above this world? Or am I still going to be caught up in it? And we begin to see that we now have choice where maybe before we just felt like we were truly imprisoned forever and that there was no way out. Now we know we have a choice. We have a doorway by which we can leave. And it's up to us to find that door, to get through that door, and to continue journeying to where we are truly free and liberated. And the initiation gives us technique. It gives us the means by which to practice daily a meditation practice of holding our attention upon the inner light that is the light of our own soul and the light of our spiritual teacher that is the Holy Spirit that resides right in the very center of our soul. And to hear the inner sound, the voice of God ever calling our name, our spiritual name, to come home, come home, come home. That's what initiation is. It's a means by which the soul now has the tools by which to hold its attention on the divine above the mind and to rise above the mind and to eventually get the mind addicted to that peace and that joy and that loving that resides above the mind in the soul so that now 
the mind stops looking into the world, following after the world's addictions, and begins to look up to participate in a new addiction of loving, of loving God. So in truth, Brian and I are here to get you addicted. But it's not to lollipops or alcohol or drugs or sex or this world or anything else. It's to get you addicted to that movement of loving, addicted to the practice of meditation daily so that you begin to move into that river of loving and truly begin to rise above the mind so that your mind and all that is of your physical nature will begin to switch addictions. Let go of the addictions that run you in this world. Let go of the addictions that are the rules and regulations of this creation and to hold to that divine essence of truth where there are no rules, there are no regulations. There is just loving. There is just peace. There is just joy. If you look at all the religions of this creation, they have dogma, rules, regulations that you have to live by to be a member of the congregation. Whatever it be, Hindu, Jewish, Muslim, Christian. And each one of them, each sect within them, have different rules, regulations by which you must live. In ILM, and on the true spiritual path of light and sound, there are no rules, there are no regulations. There's opportunity, there are choices, there's recommendation. But you are free to live your life however you want to live it. You can live it by however many rules you want to live in or by as free as you want to live. There are no boundaries here because loving has no boundaries. God has no boundaries. God has no regulations or rules by which you are to live. He doesn't even have a rule that says you must sit down every day and meditate. It's a choice. And he didn't even say you have to meditate two and a half hours a day. It's a choice. He says, I know that if you will tithe 10% of the day, if you will meditate two and a half hours a day, you will have inner results. You will wake up inside. You will find that inner peace. You will wake up and live in the river of loving. You will begin to let go of this world and it will not have its hold on you. You will not be trapped in this prison anymore and you will know it. But he also says, meditate. Give time to me each day. That's all I ask. Not a law, not a regulation, not a have to. And I will walk with you in that moment and in your day. And I know that there are people that meditate 15 minutes a day. They don't have a lot of conscious experience in those 15 minutes. But they do it because it serves them. Something is changing inside of them. Something is moving. Something keeps calling them to sit down and do the meditation. And when they don't, the day that they don't meditate seems to be harder, more challenging. So they go back and meditate again. And I know on the inner levels that if we just call out the name of God, if we just call out to God in loving, even in just a moment, just once, that something inside lines up and changes. 
and something that has held us in bondage begins to crack and break, and eventually it will even fall away from us. Because when we call out to God, something inside of us rings anew, vibrates and stirs. And every time that happens, the bonds of this creation begin to break free and the soul begins to move in a new dynamic, a dynamic of freedom and loving. So look and see what are the laws and the rules that you live by and are they really serving you? Or are they really hampering you? If you are living as judge and jury over your life, judging everything that you do, you might want to look and see if there's something you might want to change. If you are living in charge of other people's lives, telling them how they have to live their life, that they have to honor you first, that you are above them, you might want to look at that and pay attention because you have just now imprisoned yourself in a prison and have become the judge of yourself in a greater way than ever before. And yet society tells us that this is how life is to live, be lived. The rules of many churches tell us that the wife has to be subservient to the man. That is a tribal tradition that dates back way before even the Jewish tradition that's written in the Syrian times, in Babylonian times, in Ber Persian times, having to do with men dominating women. It is not a law of God. It is a law that man laid out. But again, if God said it, then it's true. We've got to live it. But it isn't true. We are each equal. We are each the same. Male or female, we are one. We are the same. We are soul. And we each must stand free to live our lives fully on our own, in our own way, finding our loving and then being able to share our loving with our partner if that's how it unfolds. But not in equality, separation, one above the other, but as equal. There are so many laws that we call religious laws that will serve us to a point, but when we begin to walk this inner journey, we may find they become a greater bondage that actually act as anchors holding us here, not allowing us to go up. And so look and see, and see what truly works for you and what serves you so that you begin to truly walk this inner pathway. Many of you are truly waking up inside, not just on the inner levels, but consciously, spiritually, physically. I want that for everyone. I walk with you inwardly and outwardly. And the Holy Spirit, as the true spiritual teacher, walks with you at every breath and every moment because it resides within the beingness of your soul. Look there for your truth. Look there for your loving. Look there and then share your loving with God. 
so that your loving truly can come forward and live in the fullness that it is. For that's all that you truly are, is loving. And when we can live into that more and more each day, consciously or unconsciously, in the dream state, or sometimes in the dream state within our meditation, the more our lives are filled with a quiet, a peace, a joy, a harmony that we haven't had before. That's what we hold for you in Inner Light Ministries. That's what we're ever going to be reminding you to live into. And if we ever begin to set up rules and regulations, question them, doubt them, fear them, run away from them. But also, don't let us make your rules, regulations that you live by wrong. If they serve you, work them, learn from them. Even turn to them and say, hey, what do you really have here to teach me? Share with me, demonstrate to me your greater truth that I might live it to the fullest. Don't just live it willy-nilly halfway almost. Live the rule, live the law, live the regulation to the fullest until you get the true essence of it so that it will serve your soul or if it no longer serves your soul, you easily can let go of it and just move on. No judgment on it, no fear of it, just move on. And let someone else pick it up now to use it in their own way for their own good. It serves you to a point. Like everything, it'll serve you to a point. This bottle of water will serve me to a point, but when it gets empty, it doesn't serve me anymore. I can keep trying to drink out of it, but it's not going to nurture me. It's not going to give me water anymore. So it's best for me to lay it down and keep walking until I find the next bottle of water for me to drink from. But oftentimes, we will live stuck with an empty bottle, a rule that used to work for us, but it really doesn't work for us anymore. It hampers us. It holds us back. It doesn't quench our thirst. But, oh, that's okay. It's fine. It's an empty bottle, but I just keep doing this because I'm addicted to it. It's a habit. It's a rule. I have to do this. And yeah, I'm really thirsty. Boy, I'm just so dehydrated, it's unbelievable, but I'm still using this particular rule to live by. Do you get the, the storyline there? So pay attention to the steps in the day that you take, the rules, the laws that you live by the choices that you're making. And get back in touch with that child of God that resides within you, that playful, joyful essence that has no rules and regulations. Think about it for a moment. What is it like to be with a three-year-old and you're going, no, 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 you can't do that. No, stop that. I don't, no, no, you, that's something that's wrong. You can't do that. And they go, okay, and five minutes later, they're doing it again. They don't know it's wrong. They just know you've told them it's wrong until they hear it so much that they finally say, oh, it's wrong. I can't do this. And now they can't do this. That gave them a lot of joy. I'm telling you, break the rules and find out where your joy resides. Now, don't break the rules and go through a red light. 
Those aren't the rules I want you to break. But break some of those inner rules that have held you in bondage and just see what happens and see if you don't begin to find your freedom from this prison of this creation. Okay. So thank you all. That was fun. <laughs> I appreciate it. And uh, I guess that's it. We'll see you all next Sunday, if not before, in the dreams or in meditation. <laughs>